Hello, and welcome to a Sunday, February 13th edition of the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I'm your host, Harris Kermani, and today we're going to get to go through a relatively light slate. Only two games today, Atlanta-Boston, Minnesota-Indiana, to kind of go forward from what was a pretty heavy slate on the other day. So it's nice to sometimes get a little bit of a breath, a little bit of a respite before we get into yet another week of incredibly tough and tight fantasy hoops. Now, we are heading into All-Star break, All-Star weekend. You know, lots of cool stuff that's been happening and coming through. We had the All-Star draft that went through. I'm sure everyone got a chance to watch that and see just how much of a rivalry really is being created now between Philadelphia and Brooklyn at the end of that trade. So that's going to be really exciting to see. I think everyone has got that March 10th game just absolutely circled out, waiting to be able to see a real divisional rivalry come back into the world of the NBA. But before we do get into that, we do always want to thank our sponsor, Thrive Fantasy. If you haven't had a chance to sign up, really, what are you doing at this point? Thrive Fantasy is the premier prop bets area in which you can go ahead and create a lineup of between five to ten people depending on the slate and you would pick the over and under on their statistical measure where you can win real money and as a listener of the sports ethos podcast with promo code ethos e-t-h-o-s you will get a instant 100 percent deposit match for up to a hundred dollars for new users so definitely take advantage of that, get on it, sign up, and prop up today. So we'll go ahead and get right into it. We start off the day with Atlanta facing up against Boston. A 2 p.m. Eastern time start. We're looking at a game total of 221 for the Boston Celtics being favored by 7 points. Now, we do know from an injury report perspective that Trey Young, who is questionable but uh, has been upgraded to probable, will most likely play. John Collins is out all the way through the All-Star break. We still have DeLon Wright as questionable. And we also have, on the Boston side, Daniel Tice, who's going to be making his debut. He is questionable but most likely will be getting an opportunity to go ahead and get started. I'm going to start off with the Atlanta side over here. Trey Young at 9,800 in a matchup where not only is he going to be required to do even more with John Collins out, but this has been a matchup that he has absolutely had big troubles in in the past from a shooting perspective. In the two games that he's played, only 32.5% from the field, 2 of 15 from the three-point line. So his shot has not really been on, but... That's different from what he's been doing in the last five games. Nearly 50% on the field. Coming from a blowout loss against the San Antonio Spurs, which was a bit disappointing from his perspective. But in a game now where they are going to be in Boston in the afternoon, I expect Trey Young to get that opportunity to really set himself right. Yes, he's coming in with that uh, hip injury. I don't expect that to limit him too much here. But on a slate where there really aren't that many big stud options that I'm really quite interested in. Trey Young is likely going to be on top of the list there for me. I expect an opportunity for him to get somewhere near 5x in a matchup that, you know, Boston is going to be 
throwing a lot of defenders at him. We got Marcus Smart now. Derek White, who I'm going to get to and has been a big pickup for him, is going to make life difficult for Trey, but the usage is going to be there. He's likely going to be shooting somewhere in between 20 to 25 shots, given John Collins is out. But that makes him a really solid floor. I don't see anything less than 40 to 45 for him just as a baseline, which is pretty good for a 9800 price tag with lots of upside to spare. But speaking of upside, the other area where I'm really looking at is Bogdan Bogdanovich. We saw him in the last game get that 30 minutes and more importantly, get that usage. And you're going to see a lot more of that with John Collins out. You know, that secondary scorer, the guy that they're going to go to, not only to take some of that ball pressure off of Trey Young, but to give him a little bit of respite while that usage will end up going over to Bogdan, who really has been pretty underwhelming throughout the year. His usage has been up and down. His minutes have been up and down. But at this point now, he should be very well set into a 30-minute role, which will give him that opportunity at 5,200 to be able to get quite a lot of upside from there. So that's one other area. And really is Gallinari. That's the other spot that I'm looking at. Coming off two solid games now, uh, 22 and 23 minutes in those ones. I expect that to be going up going forward. But what's more exciting is just purely the fact that he will be getting into the double digits as far as his field goal attempts are concerned. Uh, put up 11 in the last game, uh, almost 30 DK points. And again, at a 4,600 price tag, I think there's lots of room to be able to like what he can offer. And I'm going to go ahead and stick with that. I know Kevin Herder at 4,900 is another option that uh, I wouldn't fault you for going ahead and taking. Uh, he did get 17 shots in the last game. I'm a little bit iffy on whether he will get that kind of usage in this game. But again, his price tag is low enough for you to get that opportunity to be able to get 5x on that. So have no concerns about going with that. In general, I think there's a lot of ways you can go through here. Uh, when we're going to talk big men, I'm going to be more interested in that Minnesota-Indiana game for some of the big men that I'm looking at. But click the Pella. He's only played 21 minutes uh, for pretty much the last three games that he has been going at. Uh, he's been around that same area. Uh, his limits and his limited minutes do put a little bit of cap on his entire upside. But again, at that price tag, all he has to do is catch a couple of lobs. As you've seen, the last two games, 31, 28 DK points. So definitely keep an eye out on that. Moving over to the Boston side. Really, Boston has... Made, as we know, we made the move to be able to get Derek White into the lineup at the cost of Derek Schroeder, or Dennis Schroeder, sorry about that. And Derek White just fit in like an absolute glove. Came in 28 minutes, first game that he played, clearly showed his defensive versatility. And we've seen this with the San Antonio Spurs. He's just a Swiss Army knife guy that can do a little bit of everything, doesn't really hurt you anywhere. And more importantly than that, he gives you such great defensive versatility that he will always find himself on the floor, not only in crunch time, but just in general, especially for a Boston team that truly thrives on being able to turn you over, go attack you in transition, and really hurt you in the half court on the defensive set. So Derek White for 5,500 definitely has more, I'd say more cash upside than, uh, than GPP, but I expect him to have another solid 30 to 32 DK point night, which will put him solidly in to my player pool. Because in general, as we've, as Mike and I and others have spoken about throughout, I just don't like taking someone like a Jalen Brown on an ongoing basis. I just think there's too much variance with what he does. He's never really the greatest as far as ancillary stats are concerned. And even though 8,600, I would say, is a pretty decent price tag, 
I would say that's actually something that I'm going to go ahead and avoid. I would rather end up spending a little bit more to get a Trey Young. And honestly, I feel the same way about Jason Tatum in this matchup as well. Yes, he's done quite well against Atlanta in the two games that he's played. But given we're going to have to make a couple of choices here and there, I would rather lean towards taking a Trey Young who's going to be required to do that much more on the offensive end versus a Boston team now that has got a little bit more spread as far as their usage is concerned. Yes, Dennis Schroeder would be you know, kind of that black hole as soon as he would come through on off the bench as a six-man, really, really rack up the usage over there. And I think Derek White is a little bit more of a, I would say, facilitator, a little bit more of a you know, not high usage, but more high effectiveness kind of guy. So you could be seeing some of that usage trickling up into the starting lineup now. So that's where I get a little bit more interested in Marcus Smart, who is coming in on an absolute tear of his last two games, 34 and 47 DK points in that. We know his minutes total is always going to be there. And the only thing that ever holds him back is whether he's going to get the field goal attempts and whether he can be even halfway efficient. And the reality is over the last two games, he's shot 16 times in both of those. Boston's getting just more comfortable with him being able to be a more focal part of the offense. So that makes it a little bit more exciting to be able to go ahead and take him. And more so than that, he's taken 19 threes in the last two games that he's played and happened to hit actually eight of them. So not the most amazing percentages, but it's all about volume with him and at a price tag below 6K. I'm very excited to be able to go ahead and jump into that. And he was probably going to be my favorite guy because by and large, Robert Williams at 77 is another guy who's in play. But I'm going to go ahead and switch over to the Minnesota and Indiana game where I have a little bit more interest as far as the studs are concerned and the big man position. But before we get into it, the game is coming in at a 237.5 total with the Indiana Pacers. Dogs by six points and Minnesota favored by six. And in the injury report, it's Anthony Edwards, who is currently questionable with his knee for this game. No other major injury coming out there outside of uh, Matt Wright, who's still considered to be out. Not a huge loss there. And on the Indiana side, that's where we've got a little bit more as far as the injury report's concerned. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, who's actually been listed as questionable uh, to be on this game. Again, I, I don't know if they'll actually go ahead and get him out there. Again, he's questionable due to his Achilles. At most, if he does get there, he's going to be on a minutes restriction, so that's going to be something to look at. We have Miles Turner, who continues to be shut down through the All-Star break. Isaiah Jackson, who is out. Uh, TJ McConnell, who's out. TJ Warren, and their recent acquisition, Ricky Rubio, who continues to be out for the year. I'm going to start over at the Minnesota side, and really going to start over right up at the top. Carl Anthony Towns sitting at that favored sub 10k price tag which i just absolutely love anytime he's in that opportunity i am just jumping chomping at the bit to be able to go ahead and get that because we know his upside to be absolutely able to smash that and if it doesn't his floor is never below that 40 to 42 which we've seen in about all the last 10 games, he's either gotten you up to the heights of that 60 standpoint, which we know he can do, especially in a game that's expected to be relatively competitive and high scoring. He's at 237 total on the night. I like taking Carl Anthony Towns on the Indiana side. They're just incredibly, incredibly undersized. Uh, Goga obviously is going to be starting for them, just does not have the size or frankly the defensive chops to be able to handle someone as versatile offensively as Carl Anthony Towns. So I talked about Trey Young as my favorite stud overall. 
I think it's between him and Carl Anthony Towns, and we're going to go ahead and see what exactly works out as far as your lineup's concerned. Because again, in a two-game slate, it's always tough to be able to get that right combination. Very little margin for error, but that's where you want to make your floors as secure as possible to give you as much of a chance to be able to compete while keeping that upside intact. So Carl Anthony Towns definitely in play. Uh, the Anthony Edwards questionable situation is really going to help me determine whether I go further in with D'Angelo Russell or not. In general, I love taking D'Lo. I think as a GPP play especially, he is always right up there for me because he just has that upside for a usually seven to 8000 price tag to be able to drop a 50-plus, and he does that if he gets hot. The problem is he also has those valleys that go with it. So if you want a little bit of variance in your lineup to be able to potentially get some high rewards, I think D'Angelo Russell is most definitely in play. And if Anthony Edwards happens to be ruled out for this game, then without doubt he becomes a must play as far as I'm concerned. And the other one, this is a shout out to Mike and his favorite guy to be able to take on a consistent basis, Patrick Beverly. Below 5,000, up to 4,900 now, is back to playing regular minutes and is just looking more and more effective every time he gets on the floor. He's clearly become a key ball handler for them. He's clearly become a key defender, as we always expected, to be able to go ahead and get in so many different lineups for him. So in that note, I am definitely interested in taking Patrick Beverly as my 4,900 you know, mid-tier to low-tier to mid-tier option in which I think he can be quite effective. And then finally, it's the Malik Beasley side. Uh, Malik Beasley has been just absolutely up and down this entire year, but we know much like we just spoke about D'Angelo Russell, there is that upside that comes with his streaky shooting and the variance that comes with that. At a, a price that's below 4000 I am willing to roll the dice to be able to see if he can give me that you know, 30 to 35 kind of night if he can get his shot going. And again, especially if Anthony Edwards happens to be out, then you're going to find that a lot of the usage and minutes is going to be heading to Malik Beasley's way because they're going to need that shot making. They're going to need that shot creation. And plain and simple, they're going to need him to be out on the floor to be able to give more options to a D'Angelo Russell to be able to pass out when he gets himself in a little bit of defensive trouble. Moving on to the Indiana side. Indiana, by the way, has looked super impressive since they uh, went ahead and made the moves that they did. I already said that you know it's a complete fleecing the way that they were able to get Tyrese Halliburton for the price that they did. Now at 8,200, I wouldn't say he's an absolute upside smash. He did great in his first game there. And played 40 minutes still right off the bat for the Indiana Pacers in that last matchup against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And honestly, I don't expect that to change too, too much. Now, because there are a couple more options that are relatively high usage and saw themselves get more involved in the offense, that being Chris Duarte, Buddy Heald, I would actually think both of those guys are probably where a little bit more of my interest is going to go, especially add Buddy Heald. I've always said that his concern is a minutes problem. I don't understand why it is that uh, Sacramento played him the kind of minutes that they did, but Clearly, we saw that that's not going to be an issue now that he's found himself in a primary role in Indiana. Played 39 minutes on debut, dropped 16-9-8 and en route to a 40.75 DK points night. And I'm going to say that his price is going to be rising, much like Gary Trent's has been rising for the Toronto Raptors, now that he's got more of an opportunity to be locked in, to really be that offensive option that we have seen him be on a consistent basis on 
the Pelicans, on Sacramento when they weren't messing around with his minutes. So at 5,600, he is just absolutely locked in for me as a great option. And Chris Duarte, to a lesser degree, is the same way as well. He's found himself to be a lot more secure as far as his uh, floor is concerned. Hasn't had anything less than 30 DK points in his last three games. All good to be able to pay off his price tag. He's actually at a little bit of a discount from the last game. Uh, down from 5,900 to 5,700. Definitely a person of interest there. And then finally, O'Shea Brissett. 38 minutes in the last game has clearly been there. I wouldn't say big because he's a bit undersized for that, but he is playing that. Goga Batase is not getting the minutes, and uh, Jalen Smith, who is their uh, new acquisition, also is still kind of working his way into the lineup. Played 21 minutes last game and is actually a decent bargain option, but it has been O'Shea Brissett that has found himself in an extended role, likely to be able to get those kind of minutes again. And he's not a big... A uh, usage guy got 12 field goal attempts in the last game. If he if he does well, I expect him to be somewhere around that. But it's the rebounding and his stocks capability that always keeps him intriguing for me as long as he can get minutes. And that's really what it comes down to here. He is getting minutes, and that's going to put him in a great spot to be able to go ahead and contribute to your fantasy lineup on the night. So with that, it's a two-game slate. Not a huge, huge area to be able to go ahead and look into, but a lot of great options to be able to take advantage of. So let's move right into our tiers segment. First and foremost, we're going to start off with the expensive tier. And as I said, it's between Trey Young and Carl Anthony Towns, depending on how it is that you wish to make your lineup here today. Uh, I do think that Minnesota Indiana game is where I'm going to have more exposure, but just given the fact that John Collins is out, given the fact that they're going to need Trey to do a lot here, and given the fact that Atlanta really cannot afford to keep losing games like this, Trey is going to have to play out of his mind. And I'm going to go ahead and say at 9,800, I'm going to go with Trey. It gives me a little bit more of an opportunity that if I don't want to take Carl Anthony Towns, I have someone like an O'Shea Brissett to be able to fill out that power forward slash center position and get some of that value while I get the stud value of Trey Young in there. So he's going to be my expensive pick. As far as mid-tier is concerned, at 5,600, Buddy Heald is just absolutely a smash pick here for me. It's all about the minutes. It's all about the field goal attempts. 40 minutes, 17 of those in the Cleveland Cavaliers game. I expect him to continue to be a huge part of this Indiana offense where he can see himself get really revitalized as far as his career is concerned. So Buddy Heald, 5,600. Definitely in play for me as my favorite mid-tier pick. And as far as value is concerned, I think there's a couple of very legitimate options to be able to go ahead and take over here. But at 4,500, O'Shea Brissett, I think, is just the guy you have to go with. Uh, again, minutes absolutely in play, fitting into so many different lineups. They like that small ball lineup, especially right now with Turner out. It gives them a little bit more versatility to throw more of their shooters out there, try and be a little bit more offensively dangerous. And that's where O'Shea Brissett is going to get his opportunity to continue to be a high minutes man for the Indiana Pacers. So I'm going to go ahead and stick with that. You can always follow me at HAK underscore devil 
on Twitter. That's where you get all the latest news, all the latest takes. You get to see me talk to Mike about how Gary Trent dropped 42 in the last game. So always interesting, always fun to be able to throw it out there. And as always, if you have any questions, any sort of uh, ideas about where you think your lineup should be going, anything about that, definitely go ahead and reach out to me. Until then, it's going to be myself, it's going to be Mike coming through for the Monday slate. So until then, have yourselves a great day. Let's watch some basketball and let's take down these tournaments.